0: Welcome to the D- Conversion Therapy Podcast. It's
1: your host, Karen, from Tennessee. And this is Bonnie down in the panhandle. Oh, that's not true. Down in Florida. No, <laughs> she does not live in the panhandle. We're, like a, we're not recording this again. We're like a panhandle mm-hmm. of the country. Giant panhandle. Okay. Is it, all right. That's all.
0: Yeah, you had it right. That's all I was you thinking. force it, force <laughs> it to make it right. <laughs>
1: that's right.
0: Welcome to our letter-sode, because you know what? A lot of people abandon you during this time. They play repeats. They do this and that. We're having a low-thinking, low low-prep low month where we don't have to do too much research, and we talk to you, and that's our way of, like, you know, not not. Breaking our back, having a little mental energy. I don't know if you know this, Bonnie, but I have taken a break, un, like thought through on TikTok. Oh,
1: it doesn't seem and like you know it to what me. I think? No. <laughs> no, I haven't recorded And like since Christmas. You're my only actual friend on TikTok because I just lurk, so oh, I get oh, oh, your oh, shit yeah. all the time, <laughs> <laughs> regardless of how new Lucky it is. You. I know.
0: Happy birthday. That's the gift. Today um, is my birthday. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Don't gloss over Happy that. birthday. Thanks. I was like, I'm going to see if she wants me to say wow. that. So Bonnie is actually three weeks younger than I am, but you know, you probably think she's way older, but she's three weeks younger. Yeah.
1: The people and the uh, people at a luncheon that I went to yesterday with my sorority from college. Uh, enjoyed the fact that when we were younger, I told them, uh, "Oh yeah, so one of my friends from age one is three weeks older, and she used to lord that over me all through our childhood. And now I get mm-hmm. to give it back to her. Lord it I'm over And I'm like, her. she doesn't think it's funny anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but they I all do not now. And
0: Oh, that's yeah. a good, you know, you got to loosen them up. I realized by not being on TikTok, it's, a, it's like a great experiment because I have family in town from college here. And I'm like, I don't need sort of the likes and the uh, applause and the acclamations as much as I thought maybe or I doubted that I needed. Like, my emotions are the same, Yeah. where a lot of people, if they're not on it, like, that's where they get their, their appreciation supply. from. Yeah. Their yeah. supply. But then again, a lot of people live alone and are single. And if that was me, I'd be on social media all the time. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying I'm really thankful that I don't need it all the time. Um mm-hmm. And there's, there's that. So you're welcome, world. You don't have to see my face unless you're Bonnie and I'm the only person you follow. (laughs) Yeah. Lo siento. Happy birthday. Well, we've got a letter said. We're going to read you some of your letters and you can write into I'm us.
1: actually going to read an article from a 1984 TV guide instead of letters. Oh, so here we go. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you I have this vintage TV guide episode and there is an article in here that is I I don't even think they would have put it out today. It's completely Exposing who was responsible for drugs on the set of a TV show called Square Pegs that had Sarah Jessica Parker in it. And I oh, never yeah. realized I that. And, and it completely explains in there why that show was shut down. It wasn't just brushed under, huh. you know, under the carpet and it just didn't go away. That thing was, it was a nightmare. Everyone was on drugs and the, the, executive perf- executive producer couldn't put out episodes and you just realize it was a perfect storm of of bad bad production and um that it, i do not think know. that they would put out any kind of of article like this today because i think everybody's publicists would be like mm you can't say that mm-hmm. about so and so right. and then
0: Unless you were Charlie Sheen and you were saying it about yourself, you <laughs> know, was, like you can do that. that was a very you can't, meltdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't like report on that with that. Yeah. yeah, and gotcha. so
1: further to the whole, I guess, climbing uh, or not climbing, but the whole ascension of publicists, there is an article on the front with Pierce Brosnan, who at this point was in a TV show, and <laughs> we didn't know he'd be James Bond and Mr. Popular. In the article, he talks about how he was declared like hunk of the month at one point, and he decided to hire yeah, a publicist right. to you know, use that as a launching pad to make a career for himself. And that huh. wasn't a thing back then. Now, every human being is like, yo, let's go get a publicist. And and it's just the battle for publicity. But back then, apparently, you know, it was more pure and people thought, well, if I'm an actor and I do a good job, I'll have a great career. But he approached it differently. So
0: two things with that. Is that why we ended up with him singing in Mamma Mia when we did not deserve that (laughs) due to a publicist? And two...
1: No one deserved that.
0: Uh, You know, (laughs) no one did. Um, What you were saying there just about, yeah, publicists and all that, uh, I could get just into the whole thing about being uh, everything is content. And sometimes I want to tell mutuals even, like, everything does not need to be content. Like, have a life and have social media. But mm, if you don't see that a lot of people who are influencers and the big ones don't realize how to do that, you're wrong. Like, they are being very vulnerable, but they absolutely know that they're keeping certain things in a private life. Yeah. Those are the ones who, yeah. We know, we know. I
1: just thought it was interesting how yeah. that many years ago, that was a very big decision he made. And his co-star wasn't kind <sighs> of uh, into it, you know?
0: Well, I get it. That would seem like really stuck yeah. up.
1: It was kind of yeah. like self-serving. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What, you're you're trying sure. to capitalize on your hunkiness. And, and he was discussing whether he would do a poster or not, you know? A poster like that was a big thing back then uh,
0: with his love trail and. <laughs> okay. uh, um, so there was no. That's what <laughs> I was going to say.
1: That.
0: <laughs> so that era, what you're saying about how unusual it was to, I, you know, there was a whole "don't toot your own horn" that we grew up with, and this fucking saying that I keep going over for Gen X: mm-hmm. do what you love, and the money will come. Oh. That is such bullshit. So now we're working with people who are younger that's like, you know, go after that bag. And I'm like, what bag? Where is this bag? Is it a Gucci bag? But as in, we need that for balance because it was drilled into us. We were indoctrinated just like people are indoctrinated into religion to believe these sayings that worked in an economy of the Mm -hmm. 80s.
1: And – I will, you know where I'm going to go with this. Just as a reminder, in case we want to hear it for the fourth time, no. Eric Clapton did not want to publicize his album that had Layla on it because he put it under the band name Derek and the Dominoes. And guess what? It didn't perform. What? Yep. Nope. And so even even him, come on. Yeah, it was very, it was a very different mindset of um, it has to be based on substance. Right.
0: And what we see now, chillins, is no substance. No, I think there's plenty of substance out there, but you have to wade through it. The cream, Just the like cream then, will but always but, rise. Yeah.
1: The cream will always rise to the top. Doesn't matter. Anybody can. And shit rises, but.
0: I agree. Uh, I don't know. We can talk about that. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> Come to Bonnie and Karen's fight. We better read letters okay. though, because I think could be what people are here for. Although they shouldn't be, because we already lost the plot of where we are in this little thing. So we have a we have a whole like list that gets fed into a what is this a Google sheet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And when Bonnie and I open it, it's like discovering it for the first time every time. Yeah, it's like nuggets it's sort of, of gold. We need it organized.
1: Yeah. So do you want to go first or Yeah, may- I'm going to read something from somebody and I will cut to the bottom. It says this person does not want their name used. So, ha. Mm-hmm. Ah, love power. Those. All right. So it is Franklin Graham. <laughs> Franklin Graham. My story. I first want to thank you for your podcast. I'm in my mid-30s and just now developed the courage to admit that I'm agnostic. Oh, nice. So for people who don't know, agnostic means you think that there's something out there maybe, or maybe you admit that there could be something and that you just don't know. Is that right? Mm -hmm. It's not like atheist where you like, I know there's nothing
0: pretty much. I sometimes think they're pretty interchangeable and I use atheist cuz I'll tell you what, especially in this quote biz, mm-hmm. agnostic
1: gets people to talk oh, to, uh, atheist <laughs> gets them to run away. So I just shut it down. That, well, good good <laughs> practice. Um the process is ongoing and your humor helps so much. That's really nice. Um, oh, I've started listening really from the is. beginning, so I feel a twinge of sadness for you both as you blissfully float towards the earth-shattering pandemic months. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> you don't know right, what's coming. Right. Oh, it's like having dramatic irony. Um, okay. I entered high school in the year 2000, so I am the textbook definition of a millennial. Calling the decade the Mm -hmm. aughts still seems dumb to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I grew up in the deepest of Souths in rural South Louisiana. Wow, that's true. Um, I attended a Southern Baptist church where my family had attended for generations, and my friends were either Baptist, Catholic, or Pentecostal. Purity culture was rampant, Mm -hmm. as were purity rings. WWJD bracelets, that means what would Jesus do, which I still think there should be some kind of secular WWJD bracelet. Like, uh, should I be a shit pile? You know, just keep that bracelet.
0: There's be a good human. Is there a bracelet? That's sort of a catchphrase. Uh, No, but there's a
1: sticker. There's a sticker. Um, Let's see. Also, school prayer sessions. Oh, my gosh. For perspective, I was a competitive jazz and lyrical dancer, but my grandmother would not come see me perform because for Southern Baptists, dancing is the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. Families are just so mean. Anyway, um, later in high school, I went through a phase where I wasn't enjoying church-related activities anymore. (laughs) Shocking, right? (laughs) As most teenagers do. I was discovering more about myself, and I discovered that I really enjoyed rock music, heavy rock music. Corn and incubus did not match my wholesome persona, but it is who I was. It was a striking (laughs) contrast to the kids next to me who weren't allowed to listen to secular music. I can thank my dad's hippie phase and excellent taste in music for my musical freedom. (laughs) Regardless, friends and family were increasingly concerned about my evolving goth tastes and stage a soft intervention. (laughs) (laughs) A soft Uh intervention. That's what we should have called what we did on whatever Tuesday nights were when we went uh, hounding our backslide friends (laughs) at their houses. Oh, God.
0: Um, Hey, kids, tell us all the people you hang out with (laughs) at high school. And now we're going to go to their houses unannounced. show up. And tell them God's disappointed (laughs) in
1: Our pastor often served as a substitute teacher at our school and coached local sports. I was concerned, or no, I was cornered at school and convinced to attend a special youth group Q&A at the church where we could ask the pastor anything we wanted. (laughs) Get ready. Um, (laughs) I piled into a room in our church with several other local delinquents and decided just to observe. (laughs) Two questions that were asked stuck with me forever. Oh, God. Here we go. Question one. What if you get married to someone and you're not a virgin? Pastor. Well, when you have sex for the first time, that person is your spouse in God's eyes forever.
0: Shit. That's, oh, think, my God.
1: That is it's
0: absolutely... Terrible but terrifying. true belief system.
1: And how do they know what God wants so much anyway? Um, then back to the letter. God does not recognize divorce, so who you lose your virginity to is your husband or wife for life. Oh, my God. I oh. was stunned. What happened to pray for forgiveness? I wasn't a virgin, and my first was an absolute shit pile, so I was in trouble. <laughs> 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 question <laughs> Question two, Do dogs go to heaven? Exactly. (laughs) Pastor. That
0: is what everything, that is what the belief system should hinge on.
1: Pastor, God puts animals on earth for human consumption only. (laughs) So, So yeah. So that's why our dogs are here. I don't think so. Um, Animals do not have souls, so they do not go to heaven. Who tells kids dogs don't go to heaven? I know not everyone loves dogs, but I love dogs, and dogs love me, so this messed me up big time. (laughs) In hindsight, two decades later, I can see how much this moment in time shaped me. I have rejected the church and the oppressive ideals it promotes. While it took me a long time to reconcile the damage purity culture did to me, I eventually married a wonderful man who is not a shit pile, and he happens to be a professional musician. Oh, good on you. Um, I've also had... Unless it's a drama. (laughs) I've also had many many dogs since that moment. The ones I've lost along the way are in some form of heaven, chasing rabbits and pissing on tires for the rest of their happy eternities. (laughs) Dogs are angels and I won't be convinced (laughs) otherwise. Oh, that's so sweet.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) That was such a thing in ours. People were always like, what about dogs? No, they're not sentient beings and all that bullshit. And I was like, I will not accept that. I will not accept that. But the other thing about whoever you have sex with is who you're married to when I was doing a serious Yeah. Article about all this stuff with purity culture for Jezebel. That was something I came across that i hadn't thought about that there were two people that wrote me and said because the church said you were like spiritually married they married their quote abusers
1: oh so that's like fucked up that's That's
0: totally fucked up
1: yeah Uh, (laughs) nobody should let humans interpret you know God, but that's all this is about. What? That's all it uh, is. Yep. Oh, my gosh. God should tell us. But has he? No. So, No, he's busy. (laughs) He's busy. God,
0: shut it down. What if he is telling us through the dogs? (laughs) Boom. Yeah. Okay, I got a short one. And I think Shane is a guy, and this one's for the guys. My husband would love this letter. I'll make him listen to it. Okay. And that's all I'm going to say. Am I stereotyping? Yes. Okay. Here we go. My grandmother and I were at mass one weekend. We were at the part of the service where the priest consecrates the bread and wine for the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. An elderly widow with a few pews uh, within a few pews in front of us she rips a reverberating <laughs> fart on the wooden pew. My grandma and I couldn't control ourselves. We had to sit down from kneeling and turn away from each other, struggling to keep the giggling quiet. Our faces were bright red and tears of laughter in our eyes. And that's the end of Shane's, and I love it because... <laughs> Uh, A guy with a fart story is just the epitome of male joy, stereotypically.
1: Although, I will Um, tell you, my grandmother and I were the ones (laughs) in the family who would read dirty jokes and cackle. And everyone was always (laughs) upset. And I'm like, you guys are so jealous because you don't have a stupid sense of humor, so just shut up. That's in my head, you know. So there was one trip in the car where... My grandfather was driving. My mom was in the front seat. And my grandmother and I were in the back seat. And I was reading from this book of jokes. <laughs> and they weren't, they weren't the cleanest of jokes. And we had the light on in the car. And they turned the light off on me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it was dark outside. So we would just read with the lights from the headlights behind us. <laughs> and, oh, man, I've never seen two people such curmudgeons about jokes
0: could it have been that you thought it was funny from the lack of oxygen because your grandmother was smoking and it was making a hot box of nicotine no and you were like this is hilarious no because she was laughing too Uh, you would tell me every once in a while a joke and i was like oh my god (laughs) this is ungodly that's That was in my mind, but I'm sure I prayed for you. No, I probably didn't, because when people say they're going to pray for you, they actually never do anyway.
1: Yeah, they don't really want to pray for you. Bam. Bam. All right, so. All right, the old farts. Okay, so. Got it. Let's see. I'll give you another one here. This person, ooh, the, <laughs> I always like this. I want my name shared on the podcast. No. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Here we go. My story. Although not born into an evangelical Christian household, I managed to become one while living in a small Canadian city called Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. (gasps) Ooh, Moose Jaw. Yeah, you gasped. I thought that meant you knew it. Um, It's like
0: the... (laughs) No, (laughs) I know. I just know it's medical term, Moose
1: Mandible. I know the word moose and jaw (laughs) and Saskatchewan. Um, it's like the Southern Bible Belt, but a lot colder. After a few short-term missions, my wife and I became involved with an international missions group and ended up spending four years in North Thailand as missionaries, serving. Um, hello. Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. They were serving at a missions guest home, looking after missionaries from closed countries, those who don't allow missionaries.
0: Exactly. This is where my because de- China's right there, so they were either in Chiang Mai or Chiang
1: Rai. So oh, no. China does or does not allow missionaries.
0: Um, no, they don't really at that time probably allow
1: anyone. <laughs> in yeah, too much. They're just isolating all of their <laughs> citizens <laughs> so they can yeah so they can boss right. them around. Um, This is where my deconversion actually began. Watching missionaries from many countries and many denominations participate in dishonest practices in order to get into Uh closed countries opened my eyes to how people had subverted and misread scripture in order to fulfill scripture. Yeah. So it's Uh that whole greater Uh good thing. Um, Yeah. Oh, here we go. A method used to get into China was... It was missional business, as if a billion Chinese didn't already know how to run a business. Most of these businesses (laughs) lost money, of course, but we got people in the door. We actively participated by carrying hundreds of SD cards with illegal Bibles copied into them into Vietnam for distribution to local underground churches. Oh my God. I know. Um, at the time, it seemed adventurous. In retrospect, it seems shameful. First, for breaking Vietnamese law, but in God's name, right? And mm-hmm. second, for imposing our faith on those who didn't ask for it. And, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, this experience got me interested in learning more about my faith and what I was doing in the name of it. Deconversion starts with a still small voice inside saying, what the fuck? I don't think it was Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, but who knows? He's supposed to work in mysterious ways. Once back in Canada, I pursued learning more about the history of the Bible, who wrote it, when it was written. I still go to church with my wife who has not followed the same path as me. I guess she's unequally yoked now. (laughs) Uh huh. Um, Mostly I just sit and take notes and critique every sermon looking for errors or misleading (laughs) teaching. (laughs) It's a way to practice my writing skills and maintain the social aspect of being at church. I love that. Um, I must be good at looking the part of ex-missionary because I keep getting asked to sit as an elder on our church board. I politely decline on the basis of philosophical differences, and no one ever asks what they might be. Wow! Of
0: course, yep. yep. Love your podcast. Thanks don't for being there.
1: That is so nice.
0: Oh my gosh! First of all, that is my story. Yeah. That is exactly my story, which will be in my book. And I, uh, you know, yeah, where you start actually write down thinking about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, where you start reading the Bible as if the people where you're at are reading it because they have no understanding of the Jesus story, no Christmas, no Easter, no social, you know, uh, aspects of it in their life. And you go, oh, that is, yeah, that is weird. No, that's incorrect. But I'm wondering, I want to talk to that person because when we were in Chiang Mai, Uh, We really wanted to go to Vietnam, but with missionaries going to, was it Cambodia or Vietnam at that point, they were like, we can get you in there, but we can't do anything to get you out. (laughs) And something had happened with Australia (laughs) and... Like, Pol Pot. I, I don't know when that was. That might have been earlier. But there were bounties on the heads of Australians at that time. And, of course, yeah. our joke was like, I can make a little easy money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um,
1: I'm sorry. But, go back to just how funny it is. We can get you in there. We just can't do anything about getting you out. Right. Oh, my gosh. And that's, gosh. that's
0: like, that's why you want to go. Because you're sacrificing. Like, the bigger sacrifice And we knew people in Chiang Mai who went in and out of China all the time bringing Bibles. And this one guy was like, yeah, I met these, you know, this village of people who had never seen a white person. And you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. you really got in there. But then you're like, shit, you really got in there. You know, like later, you're like, leave them alone yeah. Anyway, I relate, and I would like my name read. <laughs> okay, let me read you my last one. This is by a Becky. You can use my name because 20 to 60% of viable mid-1990s fetuses became Becky's, Becca's, <laughs> or Rebecca's. Long-time listener and lurker. My boyfriend, who didn't grow up in the church, has even gotten into listening while we cook or go on a long drive. I'm sorry, boyfriend. (laughs) I haven't written yet because I have an entire March Madness tournament bracket of stories competing (laughs) to be the one that gets written out. That's funny. Just keep reading and writing them. Oops, writing them, because I'll tell you, Becky, uh, Bonnie and I do not have a good system of knowing who's we've read before, so we won't know. We, we, we won't think know. we have a good system,
1: a- and then one sounds familiar.
0: Right. Yeah. And and the name. So we could have a whole episode of yours and have no idea. All right. Next. Karen, I, quote, snarkily went to college instead of writing out pledge letters for YWAM because one of the elders of my Baptist church pointed out that, Quote, a college campus is a more immediate mission field than overseas. Then God bless me with a scholarship because I am chosen and more extra special than you.
1: But you know what? I I,
0: went after college.
1: Yeah. I think that's (laughs) true. A college campus is definitely. Oh, no. No, that's a, it's a, it's way, it's way more important to. If you're if you're thinking that you're correct in trying to be a mission to people, do it at home first.
0: Oh, see, that's what got me, drove me crazy about my mom because she didn't want me to leave. Rat, she's like, do it in your own backyard, and da 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 da. da. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You're not as good a Christian. These verses say doodly-doo-doo. But I'll tell you, people who were foreign missionaries and then deconverted later also realize, guess what? I like to travel. Yeah. And so, yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, She's more special, um, blah, blah, blah. I went to a smaller university in a town near... Not too near, but very, very near a beef processing plant on some windy plains. I'll be damned if one of the churches across the street from campus wasn't a Baptist church. And I'll be damned if I wasn't quickly involved in the Sunday morning (laughs) Bible study. Sunday service, Wednesday college service, yeah. a college age <laughs> Thursday small group, and a bi weekly women's group within three months of moving to this town to be a full time student. I get that. It's socialization and usually teeny tiny food. To eat. <laughs> At Wednesday College Service and in one of my classes, I met a guy who I married shortly after. Mm. The summer after I got involved with this church, but before I married this guy, pure ass dating timeline here, they were planning a mission trip to go witness to and get in douchey, pointless theological debates with the missionaries stationed in Temple Square, Salt Lake City. Oh, God. <gasps> Oh, it's gonna be—it's gonna be a mainstream Christian, uh, Mormon uh, Bible verse off, like dance. I off. feel okay. like
1: those uh, Mormons were probably way better educated in how to do it than some random Baptist person. It's whose
0: who's side God's on, Bonnie? No, that's the uh, truth. No, that's it. I was so excited for the in-depth pre-study about Mormon theology. I was really vibing with God, seeming to provide me with a mission trip so soon after going to a new church. I was a super missionary. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. When the time came for us to finalize and pay, yes, I paid for this, guys. Don't say I wasn't a real Christian. Yes. For people who don't know, you always pay. The church elder, not elderly, just an in-charge white guy who was in charge of the trip, told me not to deposit yet. I asked him why. He told me I would be the only woman on the trip. I asked him why again. He asked me if my fiancé was coming on the trip. They happened to be related. Uh-huh. I got distracted by this and subsequently got totally invested in getting my fiancé to go on the Utah trip with us when it was time to really finalize two church guys, two church guy youths, my fiance and I were all ready to go to Utah, and they happily took my money for it. (laughs) (laughs) We wandered around and sent some poor Mormon missionaries onto douchey page hunts in their books of Mormon and Bibles and recesses of their minds. We watched countless LDS-produced documentaries of Joseph Smith. The boys, or men, all had either a room to themselves or a bed. I was accommodated on the couch of a local Baptist pastor's house. Hmm. Um, But see, I bet she really did feel special because when you're the only one Mm -hmm. of in a specialized group to serve God, she was up there. On the third or fourth day, we split up again to witness some more. My fiancé got a text from the trip leader that said— Head out. Meet at front. <laughs> As we saw the same trip leader, he was being followed out of Temple Square by two men in suits wearing earpieces and frowns. Yeah. The group convened, and I was relieved that the decision was to honor their request and just leave. I'm now neither a missionary uh, nor married. <laughs> I appreciate the way deconversion therapy Laughed with me as I left. Love you both like cool aunts. Aww. Thank you, Becky, and I'm so glad you're out of that shit. Which, I, uh, I mean, I would have loved it too. I would have just, you know, had my Bible there, been like, I'm gonna crush these satanic people. This is um, this
1: is just so funny because it's like a battle of I'm right, you're wrong. Right. And that's it. They ultimately ended up running from people who were organized and had headphones and had security guards. Correct. So, but
0: I love I mean I can tear apart having been in these situations what their thought pattern was look, the devil is so threatened by the truth that we've been shut out. Now we need to make a decision. Do we stand up for the truth and God, or do we respect what they're doing, and they see that as love? Like, I can go through this whole thing in my mind of what they had to deal with, and it's so, I'm so glad to be done with that. No trials and tribulations for me. Shitty things happen. I fix what I can, and I move on. Oh, it's such a just <laughs> gives me more energy. Yeah. To like, yeah, to dislike country music. I get to spend my time on what's important.
1: <laughs> well, great. Just go ahead and alienate the country music listeners.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Except for Jason, his spell. Okay. Do you have any more? Or are we round, rounding? He's I was say we've rounding wrapped, it up. I think
1: we've wrapped it up for this Gosh.
0: one. That's a, that's a wrap people Uh, (laughs) we love your letters send them in i on especially instagram i'm going to be doing call out for letters that might go with a certain subject we're preparing for the months where we will be thinking and researching which is probably next week um so please send us any news stories and watch out for calls for specific topic stories too all
1: right anything else for
0: the good of the order? I just really appreciated in your letter that they use ship pile. I swear, I'm going to patent (laughs) that. We're going to get we're going to get it on every billboard in the country. No, thank you guys. The support means everything that you write us. It's just yeah. When I stop to think about it, I get verklempt.
1: I know this Um, is one of my favorite things ever. So thank you guys so much, and happy 2024.
0: And happy birthday, Bonnie.
1: Thanks.